well-known Equifax breach, having spent time working at the company for nine years after an acquisition. With a deep insight into the Equifax corporate culture, born of his time at the company, Dan has thoughtful perspectives on both failures of technology and failures of process that likely led to the famous breach. It's a complicated story with no clear answers, but what we can learn is complexity of the modern systems upon which we all rely is so great that it's inevitable that challenges will arise. The key is in our preparedness. Dan, thank you for joining us. Really cool to have you on today. Well, thank you very much for having me. I, I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you. Could you give a you know just a couple minute intro of of yourself and your work so the sure. audience can get to know you? Absolutely. So um, I'm the chief technology officer for a company called Corporate Cost Control. Um, we're a small company. We've got about 150 employees, um, and we're based out of Boston, but we're spread all over the, the country. So I work uh, I work out of St. Louis. I've been there for about 10 years. And I've been in the IT industry for about 30. And, and prior to coming to corporate cost control, um, I was employed at a company called Talks, which um, was acquired back in the mid-aughts by Equifax. So my experience is, is, um, is uh, I, I've, I've worked with Equifax, I've worked for Equifax, I've worked for Talks. Um, and I've, I've uh, obviously, when I saw the Equifax breach, like a lot of people, I was shocked um, and troubled <laughs> uh, in terms of, you know, what that meant for, for all the companies. Um, what my company does is very similar to what um, uh, the Equifax Workforce Solution does, which is we do deal in personally identifiable information. Um, so needless to say, I think the intensity and, and, the, and the, the way that people are looking at that and the way that people are looking at the process around that over the last, uh, over the last year since the Equifax breach is really intensified. Um, I, I guess I just want to clarify right up front that even though I, I worked there and I want to talk about that breach, I don't have any particular insight. Um, I, I never worked in the division that was uh, that was hacked or anything like that. So I guess I just wanted to, to make it clear up front that although I did work there, um, I you know I don't have any unique insight to it other than having done like a lot of other folks have done and having read um, what happened. Uh, you know, reading the the congressional report, reading the summaries, and I think taking a look at all that, it's it's pretty sobering um, because I don't. I mean, obviously, it was a failure of technology, but I think larger than that, it was a failure of process, and and uh, that to me is the biggest the biggest issue here. Um, so I was was discussing this um, with a friend of mine, a very good friend of mine. We've worked together for years, and he's a very bright guy. Uh, he's smarter than I am, um, but we were talking about the Equifax breach, and we both work in similar fields. And uh, he said his his reaction to it was, "Well, listen." there really wasn't anything they could have done about that. You know, they have thousands of servers and if 5% of those servers have an issue, you're going to have a problem. And I didn't really argue with them at the time. Um, but when I went home and, and as I thought about that conversation more and more, I started to realize that I, I really disagreed with him and, and I really think he was wrong. You know, we're, we're not to, what, what happened at Equifax is a temper server. Um, you know, we're not talking about cattle, <laughs> roaming the planes. We're talking about pieces of hardware that have IP addresses bound to them and particularly public facing web servers. So what I found from this guy that I have immense respect for and still have immense respect for and he's a very bright guy 
when I heard him say, well, there was really nothing you can do, I started to think, has this entire profession, um, you know, are we in danger of kind of giving up? <laughs> and uh, I can tell you that I'm not, um, but I, I do kind of see that, um, you know, I, I kind of see that attitude developing of, you know, there's so many data breaches, have we simply become desensitized to all of them? Um, so, you know, that, that, that's really, you know, kind of got me thinking. Um, I, I can tell you that from, from having looked at the, and, and take a little bit of a step back, um, when I worked for talks and, in, you know, in my career, I've been a part of a lot of acquisitions um, where we've acquired other companies. And I've watched a lot of IT organizations, you know, different groups, different, uh, uh, different cultures try to, try to get together. And while the, the failure at Equifax was a result of a, of a flaw in the Apache Struts framework, I think what it really was was a failure of process. Um, and I think that, I think that's very controllable. Contrary to what, 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 uh, what some people may have, have, you know, be thinking and giving up the ghost, I do think it's very controllable. So. Yeah. So, what are some I mean, tactically, right? In an organization, it's huge, and you know, I start, I resonate with the argument. I tend to be on your side of the fence that that, in fact, you know, sort of, we shouldn't be doing things that are so complex and unmanageable as an organization if, in fact, we can't figure out how to to manage them. So, I, I certainly quibble with the argument that I I agree that you know you can make a system that's so complex and so poorly managed that these things happen. I don't agree potentially that it's inevitable. It ought not to be inevitable and you shouldn't do it in the first place. In fact, it's inevitable. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, just talk from the, the ground up, you know, just what, how do you, how do you mitigate the, um, the risk and opportunity of these things happening? Yeah. Well, if, if you look at the congressional report, um, near as I can tell, all of this started when someone was responsible for applying the Apache struts fix on one of these servers that was running that software. And according to the congressional report, they installed the application from the root directory and not the application directory. You know, that's, I mean, if you look at any big disaster, there's always one or two little things that happen. It's never one thing that goes wrong. It's all a bunch of things. So, you know, as, as a practical matter, first thing I think you could do is make sure that if you've got people that are applying patches to crucial servers, that they know how to apply them. Um, you know, and again, it's, it's very easy for anyone in this field to Monday morning, uh, you know, Monday morning quarterback what somebody else did. Um, and there, but, by the grace of God, go all of us. But uh, I do think that when you're dealing with something like this, when you're and understand the scope of the of the issue, the Apache Struts vulnerability was a critical vulnerability. This wasn't something that you know one of 500 things that appear in a list of, of potential issues. This was a major issue. So I think one of the things you could do is if you've got something like that that's that crucial, that's that critical, um, have a frontline person install the patch, but then have some sort of, a, of, a, of an authentication process behind it. Um, you know, so, you know, engineer A does the job and then engineer is responsible for as quality assurance to go back in and audit them. Now, you know, that's expensive. Uh, it takes time. But 
look at the cost. You know, I mean, look, look at the cost, uh, the, the potential the billions of dollars in fines that Equifax may be facing. Um, and I also think there's a, there's just a, there's, there's an ethical issue here. You know, we, we have a risk. Yes, it's expensive to keep this data safe, but we have a responsibility to do it as IT professionals. And, um, so I mean that that you know that's that's one of the things you can do is yes it is worth it to continue to invest like that, um, make sure that that you have a complete inventory you know in every acquisition that I've been a part of the very first thing we do is we collect an inventory of what all these systems are, um, what they're running uh, you know did they have something like that or Equifax maybe um, uh, you know it's, it's possible I would imagine they did was it being kept updated who knows uh, so you know it's it's you have to know what's in your environment first. That sounds obvious, but it's, I, I think we've learned it, it doesn't always happen the way it's supposed to. So have, I'm curious, you know, so you've been in this space a long time and, and you know, how you have your firm that's sort of right in there, right, right in the mix and right. uh, have, have any of your, uh, assumptions, behaviors, or, you know, other sort of paradigms changed as a result of, of this environment? Like what, what have you done differently and learned from the, the massive failings of others? Well, <laughs> I, I, um, I can tell you that when we first found out about it, um, I didn't sleep a lot <laughs> because, you know, this, this, I mean, that you you would have thought that they would have had the gold standard. Um, and so the, the, honestly, the first thought was as a smaller company, if a monstrous company like that, if a fortune 500 company like that with their resources can't stay safe, what can we do? Well, what I've come to, what I've come to realize is that the fact that my organization, um, and, and I think this is true for a lot of companies is smaller. Um, and also, uh, our, our, you know, our technology stack is new. Um, and I think there's tremendous advantages in that if you can do it. And I know not a lot of people can, I know if you inherit legacy systems, that's difficult, but in my experience, if there's any way to, to use, you know, to, to build something from the ground up, um, and, and really focus on those systems that you know are ancient and try to get those things upgraded sooner rather than later. Again, it all sounds very practical, um, uh, and, and it all sounds very obvious, but if it, I think if it were, a lot of these things wouldn't be happening. But the system that, that was supposed to have been breached at Equifax was from the 70s. So, you know, clearly that had to have been on somebody's project somewhere to, to a point. So I guess what I'm saying is those legacy systems are much more dangerous than you think they are. And I think when you look at prioritizing things from a security perspective, at least at least having those systems identified as something to replace or to, or to make absolutely sure is patched is really important. Um, we've all been in an environment where a cost conscious, let us be, you know, sort of honest, right? A cost conscious organization does not from the top fund technical debt remediation. And, you know, right. you, I, certainly you and your seat, you know, you're sort of maybe in, in a place that can control that, but everybody has a boss and we're all under cost pressures. And, you know, you could, you could certainly see how the wrong cultural and metric KPI implementation could be uh, pushed down the chain and where it's just, well, we're never going to fix that. Right. 
Well, and I think that's what, you know, you mentioned, um, you know, and, and I, and again, I realize, you know, my organization is smaller, so it's very easy for me to, you know, to kind of, to, to do some of these things because I do have a much smaller group to deal with. But I, I think what's important here is that there needs to be one person accountable. One of the advantages that I, ha- that I have is that I don't have five people above me and 10 people below me that are, respons- that are, that are responsible for this stuff. Um, and, and I think within every organization, there needs to be that one person who is ultimately responsible. It's, it's so easy to have silos. It's so easy to have your legal department um, have one group of responsibility and uh, your, your IT department and your networking. There's, there's all these different departments identifying that um, and, and making sure that there's one person that all of this stuff rolls up to is, is crucial. Here, here's my theory. My theory is that there were probably two or three people at Equifax that knew that they had a potential issue with the server and everybody probably thought that the other department or the other group was going to take care of it. And, and that is, and that's been my experience with watching organizations grow, especially through acquisition. It's very, very easy to lose that thread of responsibility. It's very easy to, to not to not know who's responsible for something. So I think you know, one of the things you could do, and one of the things that, that I've done is as soon as you find out about a major, or imagine there's a major, imagine you're a Microsoft shop and you find out about a major issue in Windows Server 2008 tomorrow or 2016 tomorrow, think to yourself, who's responsible for that? What's the, and don't just ask what department, who's, what's the name of the person who's responsible for that in my organization? Or what's the name of that person's manager who manages that group and, and really kind of walk through it. Okay. How am I going to make sure that they do their job? Um, you know, we've, we've got all the security in depth and, and you, know, you were talking before about, about, you know, companies that are cost conscious. I think a lot of times we do spend a lot of money in general on certain um, uh, security in depth, but we don't fully utilize it. One of the things that, that they found at Equifax um, was that the system that was supposed to be monitoring network traffic had an expired digital certificate. And that once they realized that, and once they installed a new certificate, then the lights went on um, and, and everybody saw what was happening. You know, expired certificates are a tangible thing you can fix. <laughs> they are a thing that you can identify. Um, so it's, you know, um, they are. They're, they're incredibly complex system, and the nature of any complex system is the more you add to it, the worse it gets. But, again, that's no excuse for us to go, well, well that's just the way it is. <laughs> we can't do that. Yeah, and I wonder if there, you know, wasn't even a, in a place where people said, you know, like, there's a hundred thousand things that I'm responsible for and my management doesn't listen to me. And even if I brought this up, it wouldn't get priority. So in fact, someone does know and that, you know, potentially poor leadership is just incentivizing or even, you know, de-incentivizing or demotivating people who, you know, are on the ground there um, in a data center. And, you know, that how do you avoid that? Because the unknown unknown of the, cultural detrius is really where, you know, that, that damage happens. The bigger you grow, the, the more possibility there is of, of management just being out of touch. Yeah. 
it, it's difficult, you know, and, and it really is. But but I but I ultimately, like you said, I think ultimately it it is a management problem. Um, you know, it's 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 a problem of of making sure that the folks in your organization. Sign, you know, this is I know your folks are probably used to d- talking about technology, and I'm I'm dealing more with this kind of you know nebulous notion of of management and 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 making folks feel like a team. But it is possible to do that. It is it is possible to convey to even the the frontline person sitting in the data center that what they do matters that what that what they're doing is important um and and um and and that they should feel comfortable speaking up and i think that's you know again that's why i I have no internal knowledge of what happened but i have observed in past uh experiences at past places dysfunctional organizations and ultimately is a failure of community ultimately i think it's a failure of communication um you know, it, yes, the the, scan, you know, the the person installed the patch wrong, and everything, and all the software failed them. But um, ultimately, it still could have been a, if they'd have had a good certificate inventory. You know, so that it's it's not just the technology solution. I think we get we get hung up on that. We get hung up hung up on using technology to solve everything. It is ultimately about the people involved. And again, that sounds like a very nebulous platitude, <laughs> um, but. I, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people have forgotten about that. Well, let's, um, let's finish up on, on an action item mandate, you know, from Dan and saying CTOs, okay. CTOs get out there today with your frontline people and do what? Let them know that what they're doing matters. Let them know that having a data breach in your organization is not acceptable. Um, let them know that you want to know if there are things that they know aren't getting done and have them tell you about that. I, I, you know, that happens all the time. Now we, we want to maintain open communication. Don't just say you want to maintain open communication. Let there be open communication. But the, the, my guess is that the folks that are working in the data center have probably the best picture of everything that's going on in an organization than anyone. They're the ones that are seeing, you know, the 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 the, the entire process from the beginning. So don't just pay lip service to being an open organization, but be an open organization. When someone comes to you with a concern, take action on it and take ownership of it and make sure that they know that it's been resolved. Um, it's, it's, it's not, it, that's, that's not tech. You know, a lot of us in the tech field, we're comfortable with the tech. Um, this is more of a, of a soft skills people issue, but you know, it, it's, I think it's as important as everything else. Um, uh, and, and, you know, there's another, there's a whole other item on this that I hadn't really talked about, and, and I, I, you know, you may have some other questions, but um, one of the other questions that I have about this uh, that, that concerns me is, where are the auditors in all of this? Um, you know, we we know that Equifax had an ISO certification, um, and we know that they passed it, and clearly there were issues there and and i think that almost uh, kind of veering off here a little bit but but i think it's important that 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 really kind of raises a larger question of we have we we have these these systems that we want to make sure they're secure we have independent third party auditors that we pay to go in and provide us with assurances that they're secure um, how did this happen how did the, how did 145 million records get breached um, with an international standards organization audit, um, and I and 
you know, that, that's probably a whole nother topic for a whole nother conversation. But, um, I think it's, I think it's too easy to kind of rely on the auditors will catch it. You know, well, we, we get, we, 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 we go through this every year. You might, but, but uh, that doesn't mean that they're catching everything. Yeah, that's, that's sort of the doomsday, uh, scenario, but you hear that about a lot of that in, in regulations in, in general, you know, they just, uh, oh, yeah. with this, this isn't a fail safe system and we really ought to be personally responsible for, for each thing that we touch. And if you can instill that culture up and down the chain, at least you have a chance to, to keep it in house. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, um, it, it can be done. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's, uh, it's just a difficult thing. And I think, like I said, I think particularly in the technology field, it is not in any technologists, most technologists nature to, um, to, to take that kind of uh, hands-on <laughs> management approach. And maybe you don't want to do it, but maybe find somebody that you trust that can do it <laughs> and have them go out and, and as your spokesperson. But um, it's, it's folks that are actually doing the work that are going to know where your dangers lie. And if you can talk to them now, you can avoid having to read about their testimony <laughs> in front of Congress is, is my take on it. Let me take a, a quick pivot on the, the make a last question here. Um, you work in a remote organization. You said that you're fully, you know, just a distributed. Uh, obviously, we're we're heavily embedded in in thinking about you know that and engineering and, and IT as a distributed organization. Uh, best practices that you've seen to to make that successful. Make sure that your security policy spells out everything that that employee is allowed to do um that that's that's the approach that we think we have the 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 folks that are responsible for provisioning our machines getting them out into uh into our environment um have a very very thorough checklist of the things that they go through um make sure that if you've got home workers uh and this is true of, i think in every system but one of the approaches we've taken is we've really looked at the systems that home workers have access to um and, and really anyone who's who's not you know within the organization or, you know within a corporate office where you can lock things a little bit more and and i kind of look at the uh, i i look at it as um is does this user have access to data through a fire hose or a faucet um, you know, and I think if you look at your organization, there's probably some people who have the ability to access massive amounts of data, um, and kind of, you know, turn that, turn on that fire hose and spray a lot of information into a file. And you want to try to avoid that wherever you can and instead focus on just giving people faucets so they can just get to the, to the, to the um, to the information that they need. Um, so it, it really, it, it comes down to having a very tight security policy. Uh, it comes down to, to doing regular security training and quite frankly, scaring people a little bit um, in terms of letting them know what hackers are capable of and, and you know, the dangers that are inherent in their thermostat. You know their their Internet of Things thermostat. Um, you know, what's the pa- what's the Wi-Fi password on that, and have you changed it? Uh, so just continuing to inform people, and like, like I said in the beginning, don't give up. <laughs> we have to continue to fight this fight, um, and uh, and we have to make sure that it's a fight that everybody in the organization, regardless of whether what department they're in, uh, is interested in fighting, and, and quite honestly believes they can win. Because I think you can win. I know you. Can, you just you just have to be diligent. 
Great insights, Dan. I appreciate it. We're going to finish on the call to sure. arms there. <laughs> All right. Great to have Thanks you on. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Frontier Podcast produced by Gun.io. We're the only freelancing platform where engineers actually go to hire other engineers. If you enjoyed the show and want to learn more about how to hire or freelance with us, head over to gun.io slash podcast to get in touch, and we'll pay for your first 10 hours with a kick-ass engineer. Thanks for listening to the Frontier Podcast produced by gun.io. We're the only freelancing platform where engineers actually go to hire other engineers. If you want to learn more about how to hire or freelance with us, head over to gun.io and get in touch. Let us know you heard the podcast and we'll pay for your first 10 hours with a kick-ass engineer.